Hello, and welcome to another Church Mission Society podcast. We try and bring together stories from people across the globe who are involved in God's mission so that you can pray, learn, and participate in mission too. To discover more stories, visit churchmissionsociety.org. This interview features the Reverend Chris Duffett, who came to CMS House on the 3rd of March 2020 for an event called For Art's Sake. Here he talks with copywriter Camilla Lloyd about his prophetic and artistic ministry. For starters, what's your kind of backstory? How did you get into this kind of ministry? Wonderful. Yeah, so I got involved in this kind of ministry through hanging out with people on the streets, people who are homeless and looking to engage with uh, people in a way that they could understand what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. So I got into creatively sharing with people when I worked out that people weren't getting it. They weren't getting the story that I knew so well and the story of Jesus. So I just looked at different ways of how to connect the gospel with those who hadn't heard anything from the Bible, didn't even know what a Bible looked like. Um, If I spoke about stories from the Bible, they really didn't kind of get the language or, or what the stories meant, but with a bit of creativity, a bit of connecting uh, with people, they kind of got it. So I looked for ways it's for people to go, ah, oh, I get it. I get what you're talking about. Wow. So um, for someone who's never heard anything about your ministry, what is it, what's the outworking of that? What kind, yeah, what, what are the expressions of your ministry? So the ministry now, um, I love to hang out in public spaces, so third spaces where I can be a follower of Jesus with a team of people and prompt questions. So usually it will be something that we're doing that people will ask, well, what does that mean? Or what what am I feeling? Or can I have a go? Or why are you doing that? So uh, usually uh, being a prophetic artist in a pub or a cafe, people will have a look and see what I'm doing. But then the paintings or the pictures uh, will prompt further questions. So either someone might just say, hey, thanks for that. Why, why are you giving that to me? And I can talk a little bit about the faith that I have and the hope that I have as a follower of Jesus. But if there's something within the painting or the action or whatever it is that we're doing, um, we can bring further explanation to people. Mm -hmm. I think I read something about you emphasizing light. Can you tell me more about that? Why do you emphasize? Oh yeah, so uh, within all my paintings, so as an artist and also then the art that I do, to share what I've got. I love using light to to show really Jesus being the most outrageous light of this world. So it's quite plain for, playful, the artwork that I do, the colours, the, the themes, but light just always breaks through. So I love using different uh, techniques to show that light shining through darkness or that light within uh, hands I love painting hands Uh, but light is it's really important to me Um, the project that um, I founded 20 years ago is called the light project and it was inspired by a young adult who hung out on the streets with me and my team and said you're like light on the streets and this person wanted to come and train 
with me. Um, so it inspired me to think, oh yeah, light. Do you, can you share like a favourite story of someone who's been impacted by your ministry? So for a number of years, I, I served as a chaplain in a, in a Weatherspoons pub. So it's a regular Friday morning, a few hours, just being present, being creative. So painting for people. And one morning I get, was giving out some beer mats. So um, as a chaplaincy team, we produced 35,000 beer mats uh, for the pubs that we served in over a number of years. And as I'm giving out the beer mats, there's a man drinking a very large glass of rosé wine. It's 10 o'clock in the morning uh, and it looks a little bit odd because most of the guys around him are drinking pints. So I'll go up to this guy and I go, hey mate, can I give you a beer mat? I'm just putting them out on the tables. And uh, I noticed that this man's hand was strapped up. It had um, a brace upon the, his hand and it was all velcroed up and I looked at him and I went hey you know what we do we we often pray for people can I pray for your hand and I was thinking that he may possibly say yeah that would be lovely uh, and I would pray later for his hand but he held his hand out to me and went yeah go on then and I said to him what now he went yeah why not I said, oh, okay, can I hold your hand? I said, and now I was feeling very strange because I was holding this man's hand in the middle of the pub with lots of people around. And as I held his hand, I said a very simple prayer, asking Jesus to heal his hand. And I said, amen, and I was ready to go off and carry on giving out the beer mats. And this man looked at me, went, hang on a minute, Wh what's happened? I said, oh, does, does it feel a little bit better? He went, no, it's completely better. And he started moving his fingers. He said, I couldn't do this. And he explained how his hand had been crushed by a concrete block. And for six months, he couldn't move his hand. And he was completely freaked out. And I was completely freaked out. And he started moving his hand saying, I can't believe this, kept looking at me. And then he said, you are a good man. I said, no, it wasn't me. And I explained about Jesus being with us and how Jesus heals people. He had never heard anything like that before. And he wanted to know more. And I had a, a copy of Luke's gospel with me and he said, I'm going to read this. And I introduced him to some of my team members and he shared what had happened. And he took his strap off his hand and was just absolutely blown away. And he went off to get his bus and I saw him out of the window just moving his fingers like this, walking down the street. And a couple of weeks later, he came to find me, he, he lived miles away from the pub. Uh, uh, he was a retired uh, school teacher and he wanted to come and find me to say thank you. And again, I explained, well, it wasn't me, I just prayed and I believe that God is real and true and this is a sign. He said, the hospital are perplexed as to what has happened. And my wife is so happy because I can now help around the home, he said. 
And he wanted to find out more about Jesus and this miracle that I saw in front of my eyes that completely freaked me out. I, I was not expecting that sudden whole healing to happen. It For him, it was a sign that Jesus is real and uh, he wanted to know more about Jesus. Amazing. Um, wow. Um, can you tell me a bit more about um, your ministry through art? Like, is it prophetic art? Can you tell me more about that? As an artist, I, I love to bring images and words and symbols to people's hearts from God's heart. And I, I hope and pray that I would bring comfort, encouragement and strength to those that I paint for. So in public, I call them prayer paintings because to call them prophetic art, it sounds a little bit freaky. And people will often ask uh, what I'm doing and I will just cheerfully reply, um, I'm painting prayers for people. Can I paint something for you? And nine times out of 10, people say, oh, okay, go on then. So if I'm in a cafe or a pub, I'll then pray and ask, what is it that that God wants to say to that person? Sometimes it's a symbol. Sometimes it's a scene. Sometimes I'll hear a psalm or a proverb that I'll then try and communicate. Uh, one morning I, I read a proverb about one who sticks closer than a brother. And I was on an island uh, serving as a chaplain uh, in on Bardsey, Bardsey Island. And I went down to the cafe and there were day visitors coming off the boat. And I kept thinking about that verse about one who sticks closer than a brother. And a couple came and asked what I was doing and what prayer painting was all about. And I said, oh, I could paint something for you. I kept thinking about that verse. And the lady looked at me and she said, would you, would you really paint something for me? I said, yeah, I'd love to. And she started crying. I thought, oh no, what's going on? She said, I'm really sorry. I don't know what's going on. I feel really emotional. And I, I drew a picture of a sister and a brother and the verse, there is one that sticks closer than a brother. And I gave it to this lady and she said, well, the reason why I'm emotional is I'm thinking about my brother. And she just poured out her heart about her brother, all the heartache that he had gone through and the difficulties. And the painting spoke to her and she said, um, we knew we needed to come to this island, but we didn't realise it was to meet someone. So I felt really encouraged that I'd been able to bring something of comfort and strength to this couple, that they could leave the island knowing that they were known by God. Wow, you've got so many touching stories. Oh, bless you. Thanks, Camilla. Is there, in your experience, is there something special about, or something different about the way God works through art as opposed to through music or words or other mediums? Yeah, uh, there really is something very special about how God communicates through the arts. Uh, so as a painter, I love to bring something that words can't quite bring. 
So often people will look at something and they'll feel something. They'll feel something of God within what I've painted. Um, and they may not have the language or the words to communicate, but they'll say things like, what is this? What, why am I feeling this? Uh, sometimes they'll roll up their sleeves and go, oh, I've got all goosebumps on me. Or they'll try and share something of God's presence through the simple act of giving something that I'm hoping and praying will communicate that they are known and loved by God. So the arts for me, the arts bring a hundred and one different words to people. The mystery is that I might paint something that I didn't even know would communicate, but I'm just playing, perhaps it's a colour or a symbol that will communicate with someone in a way that I would never have imagined. Can you tell me about hugs and hats? What's hugs and hats? Oh yeah, so on the streets I love to to show the good news of Jesus and to prompt questions. I find when people ask questions about something that I do, if it's an art installation or if it's an act of kindness or if it's a hug, it, seem, it seems the prompting, um, the question being asked seems to open people's hearts to hear what it's about. Um, so free hugs. Uh, I've hugged thousands of people and most of whom don't know they are loved. And it's such a simple way of engaging with people face to face. So just holding a very simple free hug sign, uh, hugging people, uh, some people who haven't been hugged for a very long time. Some people I've heard uh, time and time again, people say things like, oh, I just needed that. I haven't been hugged. Or, or people saying, oh, I really miss my wife died uh, three years ago, haven't had a hug before. My husband died last year and I just needed someone to give me a big hug. Uh, but most people will say, hey, why, why are you giving free hugs? And to be able to say, well, I believe in a God who, who knows you and who's closer than you may think. A bit like that hug. Uh, that question of why are you giving free hugs seems to open people's hearts to learn more about what I have as a follower of Jesus and it connects with people within our humanity that we all need touch we all need to know that we're loved we all need uh, people to, to to reach out to us so to be able to say I believe I've got something and I'd love to share that with you uh, one of my team she is the most amazing hugger lady in her 70s called Sheila and everyone stops for her hugs and there was a businessman on his way back from his lunch break, briefcase in hand. And Sheila just turned to him. He was busy, busy you know, walking fast, busy, busy, and said, um, would you like a hug? And this man stopped and he just wept. And Sheila said, "What? what's the matter? He goes, I don't know. What, what's going on? And Sheila said, come and sit down. So they sat on a bench and she said, God is stirring your heart. And he said, but I don't believe in God. And the God that he didn't believe in was just stirring his heart. And he, he cried and cried and cried until he could cry no more. He wiped his tears, 
And off he went back to his office being stirred by God. Another man that I saw Sheila hug, uh, he came back to her and said, excuse me, you hugged me last week. And Sheila said, oh, I'm really sorry. I, I forgot that I'd given you a hug. He said, no, the thing is, last week when you hugged me, I felt peaceful. And this week you've hugged me and I feel peaceful. Can I can I talk with you? And they spent the afternoon talking and he was able to tell a hugging stranger something that he had carried for 13 years that he hadn't been able to tell anyone before. So the simple act of offering a hug, it, it moves people and it connects people with God in a way that um, I've never been able to see before. I mean, uh, yeah, it's amazing. The the free hug, hugs and hats. So we were donated loads of hats and scarves and every person who was homeless in the city of Peterborough had a very colourful, bright hat and scarf. But we had loads left over, so we decided to make a hat and scarf tree. So just putting it in the city centre on a simple sculpture with a sign that says, please take one. Uh, and people came up saying, oh, how come you're giving away hats and scarves? And what's this about? And I found myself saying things like, I want you to know what God is like, that he's kind. And we want to show the kindness of God, the warmth, the closeness of God. So inspiring to hear about all these different ways God is working for our oh, ministry. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Um, as a final question, um, if there's people out there who feel like God might be nudging them to prophetic ministry, but they don't know what direction their prophetic gifting might be and they don't know which direction to go in, what would you advise them? Yeah, so my best advice for anyone who is wondering whether God is leading them in the prophetic and to bring those words of comfort and strength and encouragement is to practice. So somehow within the church, we, we've kind of looked down upon getting things wrong, particularly the prophetic. Oh, if you get it wrong, that's the worst thing that you can do. But the best thing that we can do is practice and most likely get it wrong. So I recognise that I'm still practising uh, in the prophetic. So I'll meet people on a train or as I journey somewhere and I'll just have this sense of, I need to share with someone or share a name or share something with someone. And uh, sometimes I get it wrong, but that's okay. And I explain to people, oh, I'm just practicing to, to hear from God. So that's why I wanted to ask you. Uh, I find doing something creative, it, it helps that process of practicing. So giving a gift or a symbol that is creative, um, even if you get it wrong, the gift and the act of giving still speaks of the kindness and the grace of God. Wow, amazing. Um, so lastly, um, I need a hug. Can I try out one of these Holy Spirit hugs? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Church Mission Society. For more material, go to churchmissionsociety.org forward slash resources.